tours with horses. You may have seen videos of dogs or cats pushing buttons that speak out loud in English. My name is Carmen and that's what I'm doing only with my horse. I've been surprised and excited and delighted by what Lyra has said so far and it makes me look forward to the future. Who knows what can happen when we give a voice to our horses. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Words with Horses. I'm calling this one Words of Conversation. I have some conversational topics and this might be a brief episode, but I'm going to share some updates both uh, about the podcast and about my horse. First, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. I don't know how you found this podcast, so please let me list some of the other places where you can find more of this type of content. I'm sorry for repetition. If you already follow me closely, you'll find most of my videos on TikTok under the username SheHorse, S-H-E-H-O-R-S-E. I'm trying to get up to speed also uh, cross-posting things on Instagram. And there you'll find me as Lyra Learns, L-I-R-A, L-E-A-R-N-S. And then for more text-based conversation and a kind of a group environment, you can go to the Facebook group by the same name as the podcast, Words with Horses. So also, I'm totally uh, welcome to any kind of feedback if you want to reach out directly to wordswithhorses at gmail.com. I'd be happy to converse one-on-one -on -one that way as well. So, um, speaking of the Facebook group, I made a post earlier today to gauge interest in a group book study of the book titled How Stella Learned to Talk by Christina Hunger. And I've mentioned the book before on the podcast. I really do consider it the best, maybe only, guide for teaching an animal to speak using recorded buttons. It was written by a speech therapist who works with kids with disabilities, and it just contains a ton of best practice type things, um, and also the really relevant science behind learning language, learning to communicate. It was, however, written about a dog, and there are many other considerations when working with a horse. So I'd like to uh, talk about that with some people, and in general, just talk about the ethics of helping our animals communicate and whether we have a responsibility to maybe start taking that a little bit more seriously. Luckily, it seems there are a few people interested in joining in on a book study. So I'm coming through the book again, trying to decide how to split up or schedule the chapters. And I'll see if one or two of those group members would even be willing to jump in and add their voice to the podcast so you can hear someone uh, else talk instead of just my solo babble into the void. Um, I also need to figure out uh, the gory technical details of exactly how to invite another person onto the podcast, but I'll, I'm sure I'll be able to work that out. So there have been some updates on button presses by Lyra. I admit I don't date and log them precisely. There is a, a fluent pet study. There's a study being done out of California where many, many people have signed up who are using button presses uh, frequently with dogs and cats. And they have places where you can input your data, upload your videos, and they're really doing this whole data-driven 
kind of research project around animal communication, which I think is awesome and interesting and cool. And while I have signed up for it, I admit I don't submit communication journals as regularly as I should. Um, I just don't log them. I'm not taking like a pen and paper with me out into the field. And when I'm there with Lyra, I feel like some days my, my time's a little limited and I just prefer to be present with her in the moment. So I, I don't always just record things, but I do try to uh, talk about them to my family as soon as, oh, hey, Lyra pressed another button and that helps me remember. And I also do can jot things down from time to time briefly anecdotally that I would like to keep in mind and share later. So I do invite Lyra to push a button at least once a day, typically. More frequently on the days when I spend more time with her. I would say she actually chooses to press a button after she's invited about one third of the time. So the other two thirds of the time, what she does is she usually nudges me gently away from the buttons to like go out of the shed and do something else with her, typically. When she does this, what I try to do, um, I walk around her and I try to model by pushing the no button to tell her, okay, you know, that's okay. No, you don't want to push a button. No, no button. And I will say no, and I'll say no button and I'll push the no, and then I'll walk out of her shed. And usually she follows me and she's like, yes, that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted to not push a button right now. Let's do something else, which is totally fine. It's totally okay for her to say no. But that no button is the one button she has that she has never pressed independently on her own. She has never pressed no, which I, I find a little interesting. I hope that at some point she does. I think I remember when my daughter was learning to speak, how frequently she would say no. So I want to, I'm curious about why she hasn't pressed it or if she will someday actually use the no button. So when she does press a button lately, it's been her newest button that I gave her that I mentioned in the last episode that I was going to give her a button for tail. So she really likes having her tail dock scratched. And uh, so she'll press tail and I'll scratch her tail. And that's what she wants. So that's nice. Though Thursday morning, I invited her to press a button. And sometimes I do make suggestions. Like I will say, Lyra, press button, and then I'll say things like, do you want, you know, want scritches? Do you want tail scritches? Do you want to play? Do you want to hug? Do you want hay? And I will kind of throw out the, the high value things that she has occasionally requested. Well, Thursday morning, um, I had gone out there. We had our first brief snow of the season, and it was pretty cold. So when I invited her to push a button, I made these suggestions and then she pressed ouch. And I was like, hmm, she has pressed ouch a couple of times in the past. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, my wild guess is that I feel like sometimes she's starting to maybe use ouch as a bit of a, a compl complaint or I'm not happy with something button. Um, this time, before I had time to really think about, okay, she pressed ouch, how am I gonna respond? I don't know exactly what she meant. Then all of a sudden she presses water, water, water. And I was like, whoa, okay, well, she, she just had her water refresh. She always has water. And so now I'm thinking it just snowed. It's cold. It's, is ouch water her word for snow? Did she just make up a snow word because she doesn't have one? 
Um, so that was kind of interesting. I'm going to have to, uh, in order to know for sure if she was trying to talk about the weather, I'm going to need to give her some weather buttons. That would be very cool if she's trying to talk with me about the weather. Um, so yeah, I'll have to prioritize weather buttons maybe. Um, running out of room, maybe swap the boards because I have more room on the body board. I don't actually need that much room on the body board. So yeah, that was super interesting. And does she know what snow is? I have used the word snow verbally with her before. I think I could model it and I could give her the word snow. I could also give her the word cold. Um, today we had 50 mile hour gusts of wind. I could give her a wind button. So all of these options that I could give her and I feel like I would be able to convey the words well enough for her to understand and use them on her own. Was she saying ouch water is snow? I don't know, but now it's like my secret word for snow is now ouch water because I think it's it's pretty amusing. Now, uh, don't worry too much about her because she's a Bashkir Curly. She is a hardy pony and I do not blanket her in the winter unless it's seriously like the high has to be under 15 degrees. If the high is under 15 degrees and there's a severe chill wind then maybe I will put a blanket on her. Other than that, she wouldn't need it. She would roast during the day. And she also has plenty of hay to eat to keep herself warm. She also has a shelter when she wants to use it that uh, blocks the wind and keeps her dry. Though frequently she chooses not to use it. So though she is exposed to all of the elements, it is not uh, a health or safety concern for Lyra. She is getting her curly winter coat in and it is so soft and she starts to look like an absolute sheep horse and it's very, very cute. And so I just love running my fingers through it as long as she hasn't just rolled um, all of her fur in the mud, um, which has also happened <laughs> lately the past couple of days. And uh, eventually when it dries, I brush it all out and then it happens again. That's okay. So that is the latest. I'm sorry this is such a short episode, but I had these couple of bits of news that I wanted to share, and I will uh, post my next update reliably, hopefully, even if it is short, in another couple of weeks. I don't think that will be, it will probably be a little bit too soon to have started reviewing the book yet. But maybe I'll talk a bit more about how things are going to be structured. And maybe I will have some other things to chat about as it relates to Lyra's button presses. So thank you for listening. Goodbye.